Hi everyone, and welcome to the Business of Customer Love podcast. I'm your host, Simeon Atkins, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Mention Me. Growing your brand through customer love might seem like an idea that belongs in the company cafe rather than the boardroom. But identifying, growing, and activating a base of loyal fans is serious business. And the results of harnessing brand advocacy can be truly transformational for both your company and your customers. We gather experts from across the space to shine a light on how you can unleash a virtuous cycle of sustainable, organic growth where your best customers keep coming back and bringing their friends too. So let's get into today's episode. Well, I'm delighted today to be joined by Andy Coburn and Tim Boughton, co-founders of Mention Me. Gentlemen, how are you both doing? Very good. Thank you. Hang on. Excellent. So you're both here to talk today about transforming your customer economics by thinking advocacy first. Um, but before we dive into the content, do you want to just introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. So um, I'm Andy Coburn. I am uh, CEO and Tim's co-founder of Mention Me. We have been building this business for the last 10 years or so. Um, my background is I started life as a strategy consultant at Bain & Company and then got into the startup world, did a couple of other startups before Mention Me. And then the business I was involved in immediately before was called HomeAway, which is now known as Verbo, which is the world's largest marketplace for vacation rentals. Um, and it was there that we learned a lot about referral and, and Tim and I decided to jump out of that and set up Mention Me. Um, and then it's been a fabulous journey building Mention Me for the last 10 years uh, with Tim. Who I, who I think I've never actually had an argument with in a professional context, despite having worked at Terry Company for 10 years. So that's, that's quite something. Not sure we should admit to that. Well, I, and, now, uh, now that we've said it, it'll do, like the first argument is this afternoon, isn't it? It's like, yeah. no, no doubt. Probably live <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> and Simeon, hi, I'm Tim Bowton. I'm Andy's co-founder and uh, I, I'm the engineer behind Mention Me. So my background's engineering, I studied engineering, formerly a consultant, um, building some some early web applications for um, during the first dot com boom, and then um, I spent the the, the piece of my career largest behind before mentioned me in HomeAway. Uh, when I joined, it was a twelve person startup, and when I left, it was something like fifteen hundred people worldwide, and it was an incredible growth journey that we went on there. And as Andy said, we learned a lot about referral because we had. 18 different brands around the world where referral was a massive component or certainly word of mouth was a massive component of the marketing and we had different referral programs which we were involved in running in different brands and we learned a lot about how they differed um how some of them worked better than others and that's where some of the uh, the, the ideas and the thinking behind mention me came from fabulous uh let's not break the habit of a lifetime and start an argument in this podcast please let's uh let's carry on the street for as long as possible <laughs> Um, okay, so before we dive into the content, I'd love uh, for you both to share a time recently where, as a consumer, you've experienced a really nice example of customer love firsthand. The example I, I have is from uh, a few weeks ago, I was on holiday or going on holiday with my family and we were flying on KLM and my kids love airplanes and they were very excited by being uh, by flying to, on holiday. and. Um, my youngest son was carrying a KLM plane in his hand, like a model plane. And I think it was something like five different KLM members of staff, like picked him out and spoke to him and spent time with him because of that. 
And as we got off the plane, uh, the pilot came out and said, oh, that's an amazing plane, and just invited him and his brother into the cockpit. And they and they spent, I don't know, 10 minutes in the cockpit with the captain just come, without us asking or prompting or anything. And just they had an amazing time. And, you know, the, the attention from those members of staff, which was just purely because the customer was interested in their brand and, um, you know, showed interest was, was just really cool. Um, it was it was one of those experiences, and also they, you know, they they're now uh, in the KLM brand from from a very young age, so <laughs> it will pay off in due course, I'm sure. Um, mine is very different. Um, mine is from a much smaller business, a business called Above Below, who um, are innovators in a, in um, the swim run space. So they have created a product called the Ruckraft, which is amazing which you can basically blow up when you're on a hike and then put your bags on it and then you can swim over lakes and rivers so you can carry on uh, the hike without losing your bags. Um, quite niche, but fabulous product. But they, um, about a year after they first built the product, they had a, a quality issue where one of the straps was coming loose and they, I had, had no problems with mine at all, but they reached out to all of their customers and offered to replace the Ruckraft, which for a small business growing was a huge, huge cost, but they, they didn't take the easy option of just waiting for people to complain. They got ahead of it and they replaced every single Ruckraft. And the loyalty and love that they created on the back of that is huge. They now have this community of absolutely dedicated um, uh, customers who, who really love them. And as they're building, bringing out more products, are so keen to buy from them. Like I just spent another uh, too much money on a couple of other products with them recently because like everything they do now, I think is just fabulous. Brilliant. Love those examples. Tim, I've just got this image now of your children with their um, their loyalty cards now with KLM. Like, <laughs> the, uh, the youngest uh, yeah. customers they're going to have with their little <laughs> cards, but um, it works. Love it. Yeah. Um, okay, brilliant. So um, let's shift gears a little bit. I'd love to dive into a little bit more about the founder's journey with you both. So could you share a bit of the story about what led you to set up a company that was centered around customer love? Yeah, I mean, Tim alluded to this a little bit up front, but we learned a hell of a lot. We were very fortunate to be working in a really good business, um, uh, HomeAway, um, and could really learn a lot about the dynamics of what it took to get customers to recommend. And our starting point was we surveyed customers and asked them, how likely are you to, uh, no, um, um, where have you come from? And 60% of they came in on the back of a recommendation. Like that's an amazing, that is the kind of business you want to be in. But what was also amazing was once you got that stat, there was nothing you could do with it. It was like, great, now what? Um, and so we had these 18 businesses around the world, all of whom were trying to run referral programs, but really weren't doing very well. And so we spent a couple of years on a couple of the brands and managed to really drive it to become a meaningful channel. And it was the research we did in that that really led us to understand what it took to get customers to recommend a brand. And and ultimately, the kind, the core thing we learned was referral is fascinating because when someone is thinking about sharing a brand with a friend, ultimately it comes down to that interaction between two people. And we all experience this all the time. But in the middle of that interaction is some quite complex social psychology. And the, the cogs start whirring as soon as you start thinking about recommending something. And you're just trying to work out what your friend will think of you for doing it. So if there's any sense of social risk, people will not go near it. And it's not worth it, my relationship, sharing something where 
my friend might think I'm spamming them or the brand might disappoint them. So like risk kills it. But if someone feels like they're going to look good in front of their friends and their friendship is going to be enhanced because they share, then they will share. And so that realization was really key. It was like, okay, if you can use data to solve that challenge and figure out how you can make people feel good about sharing, then suddenly referral should become a much bigger part of the marketing mix. And and it really should be like brands should grow from their customers. That should be the first place people start or brands start when they think about how they're going to grow. And it's not the way that marketing has grown up. It's not where marketing is today. And so our whole mission is how do we, how do we change that? How do we make people make businesses realize the best way to grow is through advocacy and understand how to do it? Cause I think most want to do it today, but they just don't have a clue how to. Tim, do you want to add to that on the founder story? Yeah, I, one of the other pieces of it was we we kind of when we were in the very early days of mentioning we were we were trying to think about the 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 more the the human nature of this referral, right? So one of the one of the places where this happens very naturally is in um, hairdressers, for example. So it's quite common in hairdressers for people to refer uh, their friend to a hairdresser and to just say, you know, mention me when you go in, and they'll they'll know who you are and all that sort of stuff. And so there's this kind of very there's just a very nice human way of um, making a recommendation and having kind of joining that club of being part of someone who's. Uh, in the know about a brand who loves a brand and wants to share it with with a friend and so I think we came at it from a I mean one of the reasons why it's called mention me is because it's a very human uh, not transactional we wanted to get away from this kind of online like the, the computers kind of get in the way sometimes so it's really about trying to um, establish that actual genuine customer um, connection that you have when you or genuine human connection you have when you share something with a friend and feel good about it um that's that's really where the idea the idea for mention me came from yeah and, and to your point the challenge of actually being able to capture that data and, and actually do something with it as well it sounds like you guys kind of really identified a big gap in the market and have, have obviously flourished from that which is which is great um, yeah and so that's that's for, for example that's where the the, the concept of name sharing so the ability to be able to recommend something using just your name was 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 from and that was a really important part of the early story of mention me and how we came to build a platform that could actually do that because i think a lot of people looked at us and were like well clearly you can't you can't do that or you, there's no way you're going to be able to match enough people using this kind of this this kind of approach and so yeah that was that was the the way that we decided to tackle it brilliant so i want to come to this term brand advocacy because I, I feel like Advocacy means lots of different things to different people. Um, and I'd love to get your perspective on what brand advocacy means to the both of you and what impact you've seen it having on businesses that have really kind of embraced this idea of thinking advocacy first. Yeah, so I think there's a, again, it's it's that really human, uh, a really human thing. So uh, Fred Reichelt, who talks a lot about um, uh, customer advocacy, customer love, talks about the golden rule of treating people how you would like to be treated. And I think it's, it's really, it really comes down to that. So treating your customers as you would like to be treated and thinking of the, you know, the ways in which uh, in, in business, sometimes that can get easily sacrificed on the, on the back of short-term profits or, or other things that feel or that make sense on a spreadsheet, but don't really make sense to humans who are actually interacting with your brand. So I think it's really about establishing you know treating your customers as 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 you would like to be treated and and when you do that 
you you kind of engender this this warm glow this connection between the, the customer and the brand where you know they they feel excited and um uh, happy to have discovered a brand that's treating them in this way and then that that feeling can be reciprocated in the, in in the form of recommendations referrals all kinds of activity on the back of it whether it's gifting products or writing re- reviews about products making recommendations um, just coming back and buying again you know the core the core premise is if you do this with your customers then you're more likely to have them come back and buy buy again and then go on to tell their friends and that's the, the most sustainable way you can build growth into a business without having to, to rely on paid channels. Yeah. And just to, to back that up, I think, you know, the, the simplicity of advocacy is really, really clean. It's, it's if you can treat customers as you would like to be treated, you create a relationship where that customer loves and appreciates you way more than they would otherwise do. Um, the impact of that is huge from a, from a business perspective. And, um, a business that's really shown this well in the last um, couple of years is Airbnb. So Airbnb obviously um, have grown up out of, uh, over the last what, 10, 15 years and now are um, kind of similar size and a similar growth rate to Expedia. But when you look at uh, the proportion of customers that are coming to Airbnb direct compared to Expedia, they're getting 70% of their customers coming to them directly. They're coming back um, to them or having been introduced by a friend, whereas Expedia are only getting 40%. That difference is enormous. It means that Airbnb spend 20% of their revenue on sales and marketing. Expedia spend almost 50% of their revenue on sales and marketing. And on the back of that, Airbnb is valued three times more um, than Expedia in terms of multiples. And so getting that fundamental premise of, I'm going to do the right thing by my customer so that um, they come back and they tell their friends, changes the economics of a business to the extent that it can be three times more valuable because you get that bit right. And that's huge. Uh, and that is how businesses businesses should focus. And it's only really through a lack of data and a lack of understanding as to how to harness customer love and advocacy that businesses aren't setting themselves up in that way. But uh, it's exciting to think about what we can do in the coming years to like really drive that forward. Yeah, I think that that example of Airbnb is a really powerful one and a really obvious one to show what the benefits are of obviously thinking advocacy first. Um, And I guess companies that are listening to this, you know, you don't have to be an Airbnb or Airbnb, you know, started off obviously as a small company. The point is that this this mindset of thinking advocacy first, you know, is is universal in terms of whatever kind of industry you're in, whatever kind of company you are, whatever kind of customers you're serving. Having this mindset can really drive your business forward, which is really exciting. Um, and so kind of building on that point, coming back to you, Andy, um, how do you think the world will change over the next five years in terms of customer love and advocacy? Because what you're kind of alluding to here, I guess, is not universally adopted as, as a kind of a, a marketing strategy or a way that businesses are thinking at the moment. So where do you see this kind of journey going over the next five years? Yes. So, um, and I, it's just really exciting that, our vision as a business is that all brands should think advocacy first. And that's a fundamental mindset shift for most businesses, because when most businesses think about growth, the first thing they think about is their paid channels. How much money am I going to give to Google? How much money am I going to get give to Meta? And then how many customers am I going to get back? And those channels won't disappear and they have their value, 
but the starting point should be how am I going to grow for my customers? Because if I can get that bit right, I have sustainable growth at my core. And and this phase of the economy, when things are a little bit harder, actually is exactly the right time to start thinking like that, because everyone's under pressure from a marketing perspective um, and, and budgets perspective, and that sustainable growth question is really really important. And so our um, the, the key thing that's holding most businesses back is a lack of data and not knowing how to do it. And that is where we are trying to like lead the charge on helping businesses to understand what it takes to get customers to refer, to capture the data, and then how you can use that data to really um, uh, grow your business and optimize your business for advocacy. And once you get that right, the, the culture of the business shifts. There's a true focus on customer love and advocacy across the business. That's better for customers, better relationships, more value from customers. Um, it's also better for employees. It's way more fun to be working in a customer love company than a company that you know is screwing over its customers in different ways. Um, and you end up with a really nice virtuous circle that is a form of sustainable competitive advantage. So the businesses that aren't doing this in five years will lose. And the businesses that are doing this really well will win. And, um, and you know, it, it, like the... It's just so clear, so logically clear that this has to be the way that marketing improves. And it's been missing for obvious reasons, but those reasons are disappearing now. So we need to, businesses need to quickly get on board with um, solving for advocacy and, and becoming an advocacy first business. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's, I think to pick up on the piece Andy said about the employees, I think, I think we'll see, we'll see a shift um, where employees really understand the difference of working for a company that's doing the right thing for its customers and, and growing to advocacy and it feels different um again we talk about like lives enriched and um if if you're working in a business where you're putting customers not just not just customer centricity from a design point of view because that's been a you know a trend over the last decade already but really putting your customers first in terms of the experience they're they're getting and you know you truly reward brand advocates when they um have that relationship with your brand um then it it just makes the whole business function more effectively i think it's going to be easier to retain um top talent in companies and employees will seek out businesses that are doing this because it's just so much more fulfilling to be part of a business that's doing that and and some some of the you know some of those businesses are, are focused on you know, major trends in the wider world as well. So, you know, environmentally conscious businesses that are really taking a, a firm stand on, um, you know, those issues in in the fashion industry or or um, uh, all kind all kinds of issues that people are really passionate about. That again can be can kind of use this customer advocacy to to grow faster as well. So yeah, I think it's it's just the way that businesses should should be run. It's also what consumers want. Like it is, um, it's really hard to find new brands now. Like if at the beginning of the year, I was trying to buy a new sweater and I wanted to buy from a brand I hadn't bought from before. I went on Google and like search is not the place to find a new brand. You really want to find it from people you trust. Um, and so the moment there is no way of going out to your friendship base without awkwardly asking on WhatsApp, what brands or sweater do you recommend? Which is what I did, which, you know, I got... A lot of people making jokes about me but um it like the whole cycle of consumers making recommendations that being the basis on which people find new products and brands has to come to fruition in the next five to ten years um 
and that is way way better from a customer perspective it's way better from a brand perspective it's way better from an employee perspective like there's a really positive trajectory as to how we can improve the world by getting this right yeah i agree um i think to to tim's point as well i think starting with the employees is obviously so important they're obviously the ones in the front line that are delivering this this experience and so if they're not feeling that love from the company i guess it it makes it even harder then for that to kind of go to the customers from from the employees as well so i think that's a really important point um so i think for for businesses that are listening that maybe are you know looking to start on this journey it might seem a little bit overwhelming like how you know how and where do you start so Andy and Tim, from from your perspective, what's the number one thing, um, and maybe we'll get an example from each of you, that every business can do to implement this year to grow sustainably through their fans? Um, Andy, maybe let's start with you. Um, Well, the the starting point we always talk about is you want to start tracking the data for which customers are recommending each other. And, And the easiest way that we found to do that is a referral program where you actually get the amazing you get these amazing network graphs of what's growing underneath every single business um in terms of how the business is growing and it's you know some of that happens in other businesses anyway but it's totally invisible unless you start capturing the data so using referral to start capturing data to understand what's happening from a direct recommendation and referral perspective is really really powerful what we find is that the data that creates also then lets you quickly form a very different view as to who your most valuable customers are so most businesses that fixate on or want to fixate on ltv as lifetime value is who your most valuable customers are but really that's just looking at spend and how much a customer has spent and will spend in the future and what the margin is that you expect to get from a customer over time the problem is that's half the picture the other half of the picture is what is that customer doing it doing for you in terms of going out there and promoting your brand and 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 you know being your sales and marketing engine uh, and that's real value like you you have to attribute that to the customer because um, otherwise you're not recognizing um all the good stuff that's happening and you're not then looking to find more people like that to understand why they're doing that and building out this growth organic growth engine through advocacy and so my recommendation would be start capturing the data through referral, but then start using that data to look at not just LTV, but what we call extended lifetime value, which is LTV plus referrals, and use that to understand who your best customers are. And it will be a totally different set of customers to the ones you think are your best customers today. Tim, what's your recommendation? And well, I guess for those for those businesses that maybe haven't got a referral program or aren't yet ready for a referral program, I think... Um, a good place to start is MPS and uh, MPS scores been around um, for you know 20 years and um, it's, it's well known but if if you're not capturing MPS a lot a lot of times people focus on um, the detractors within MPS and try and you know fix customer service problems or fix product problems that are illuminated by the detractors and they perhaps keep keep an eye on the score over time but they don't take it much further and I think uh, one of the other things you can do with with MPS is really dig into who your promoters are, and so just just getting a basic understanding of which customer segments are uh, are ready to promote you. You know, MPS is a really simple question. It obviously leads into referral. It's uh, how likely are you to recommend um, this brand to your friends, and using that to understand like through which channels are your promoters typically coming. Um, you know, what's their What's their characteristic? What products are they buying? You know, just getting an understanding of that, I think, is 
is really helpful because that helps you then to build a referral program around that segment. And ultimately, we're looking to increase the proportion of advocates in your in your customer base through through the use of data. Andy, Tim, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you both. Thank you so much for your time and speak to you both later. Thank you very much. Our pleasure. You've been listening to the Business of Customer Love podcast hosted by Mention Me. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to join us next time where we'll be speaking to some more amazing guests about how you can harness the power of customer love. See you again soon.